Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first let's hear from our podcast sponsors. We want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to Gipper.com and find out how athletic directors, coaches, and schools are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device and without needing any design experience. As I like to say, it's so simple, even I can do it. Go to Gipper.com and start creating world-class marketing content. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leader in digital ticketing. Hometown Ticketing helps thousands of schools and organizations across the country seamlessly provide convenient digital ticketing to their schools, communities, families, and fans. Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider. And to find out how Hometown Ticketing can help you and your program, go to hometownticketing.com and talk to their professionals. Hometown Ticketing. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to say thanks to Final Forms. Final Forms is the industry leader in registration, but they're more than that. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with mobile accessibility. They have reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come with athletics. Final Forms can also help with team communication and attendance, and even certification management for coaches. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. You know, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to help elevate the performance of their athletes using video and analytics. Huddle is the complete performance platform. They've got online tools. They have smart cameras. They've always had analytics, but there's so much more. Huddle is also built for every level of play, from club and youth teams all the way through high school and college programs. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes. If you want to find out more about how Huddle can help you and your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. We also want to thank Snap Rays. Go to snapraise.com and see how better fundraising makes better programs. Snapraise is very easy to use. There's no upfront cost. Your data is secure. You can track participation. And what's most important, it actually works. Choosing the best fundraiser for you and your group is important. And the Snapraise digital difference can work for you. Go to snapraise.com and see the thousands and thousands of dollars that they have helped schools and teams raise. Our coaches use SnapRaise, and it was terrific. Change your fundraising game plan and start a fundraiser that works for you. Go to SnapRaise.com to find out more information. We also want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. 
we use surveys for everything at my schools and invariably they came back overwhelmingly positive and they will for you too but they also allow that squeaky wheel parent the opportunity to vent and a lot of times they would end up sharing something that was a minor concern that you were able to address and keep it from becoming a major concern that you wouldn't have known about if you hadn't done the survey. Go to athleticsurveys.com or email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive Indoor Scoring Tables and Video Boards. We were one of the first schools in Florida to have a Sideline Interactive Indoor Scoring Table, and it was just fantastic. We used it for home games, of course, but we also used it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. It's tremendously versatile, uh, and their customer service was second to none. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com for more information on their great products. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. And we want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They've got a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles and an entire library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments and go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. You can also email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com to get started. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Let them help you bring your school's legacy to life. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Monique A.J. Smith. Uh, she's also a podcast host. She hosts Where Significance Blooms in Athletics and Sports. She's a higher education leadership strategist. Uh, she's got uh, a long, uh, long resume in the world of athletics. Uh, Monique A.J. Smith, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jack. Okay. Um, appreciate you sharing uh, with our listeners today. Um, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, we always like to give our listeners an opportunity to uh, find out a little bit about our guests. So uh, give us that quick bio, where you were born, where you grew up, maybe take us through the college years. And then when we come back, we'll talk about your, uh, your career, which is very impressive. Well, thank you so much. Well, uh, I'm from Sussex County, Virginia, and uh, for the world, you might remember Tony Massenburg. He played uh, at the University of Maryland. Uh, he was a freshman when Lynn Bias was a senior. Uh, we went to high school together, so I was his scorekeeper. So that's how I got into sports. I was a scorekeeper since eighth grade, and uh, uh, journalism was what uh, I was really good at. A leadership, uh, SGA president, those kind of things. And so my English teacher said that I should major in PR. So I went to Hampton University to major in PR. Uh, just so happens there was only one class that had PR, so I ended up learning all about media. Uh, 
television, radio, newspaper, magazine, um, and uh, I guess, you know, writing. And so the first internship that I took out of college, I was a sophomore in college, there was a sign on the budget board that said the CIAA was looking for PR interns. And so since I had a background in um, keeping scores and uh, doing statistics and writing stories about sports, I said, uh, I'll do that. Uh, I was one girl and three guys that were chosen to be interns in 1988 for the CIAA. And uh, that is how it really um, began my experience because from there, uh, BET was covering the CIAA tournament. And I asked that they have summer internships and they said, yes. So I interned with uh, BET, but I was in promotions. And uh, so again, promoting has always come to me very naturally. Slogans come to me very naturally. So my first job out of college was a sports information director because in between my sophomore year and my senior year, I became a student sports information director at Hampton University under LeCount Conaway. And uh, my, junior and my, senior, my junior and my senior year, we hosted the national championship for division two track and field. And I, uh, I was assigned uh, the press box doing media credentials. And so I began uh, in the workforce when I was a student running events in athletics. You know, having done this for a long time, I know you have too, um, those types of experiences, you know, as an intern while you're in college, you know, it's not, you know, you're not a head coach or, you know, you're, you're not, you know, let's say on the front lines, but those behind the scenes things can be invaluable experiences later on, you know, when you are sitting at the desk. Uh, am I right? Oh, yes. And, and it's funny you say that. There are coaches that remember me. George Williams, who's an Olympic coach, was, I think it was his first year as a college coach division two. And he, uh, he always says, I remember you. You know, most folks thought I was already an employee. They didn't realize I was a student. And most of those coaches are still, either they just retired or, or we are the same age and say, yeah, we've known each other for over 30 years. Oh, that, that's so cool, again, to have those relationships develop and stay with you, you know, throughout your career. Very cool stuff. For listeners, uh, our guest today is Monique A.J. Smith. She's a podcast host herself uh, where significance blooms in athletics and sports. Uh, long time um, experience with athletic administration and ed leadership. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with a lot more. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thank you to Hometown Ticketing for their support of the podcast. Hometown helps thousands of schools and organizations across the country seamlessly provide convenient digital ticketing options for their communities, their families, and their fans. Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. And to find out more about how Hometown Ticketing can help you and your program, go to hometownticketing.com and talk to their professionals. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. 
Hey, welcome back, everyone. Again, our guest is Monique A.J. Smith, podcast host, educational leader, and athletic professional. Um, Monique, you were just sharing about those really cool internship experiences uh, in college. Um, what about the next steps in your career? Um, you know, the expression I like to use is, uh, you know, what made you decide to maybe have a seat on the other side of the desk? So uh, take our listeners through that journey. Well, it seems I was, I've always been on behind the desk. So I've never coached, I've never played, uh, but I've always promoted the game. And so uh, that comes to me very naturally, as I mentioned before. So my first job um, over 30 some years ago was a sports information director at St. Paul's College, which at the time was a member of the CIAA, a division two school in Virginia. Um, I went through five different athletic directors and at 28, I became the athletic director at St. Paul's College. And uh, interesting enough, I got the call while I was working the Olympics in Atlanta uh, from the president. He tracked me down to tell me that the athletic director was leaving because I was in Atlanta for three weeks. And so I didn't know, I had no clue that he was going to leave. And he said, uh, I would like for you to take over the program. Well, I said, you know, I don't know. Let me think about it. Well, that night the bomb went off. And I said, life is short. And I'll go ahead and, uh, and it, you know, try my hand at this. Because I had already solved some issues. So that's one thing people have to understand. It. People gravitate to people who get things done. They don't gravitate to titles. And so that is how I began uh, I saw some issues. We had an NCAA violation. Um, I responded to the NCAA with some plan of action uh, that satisfied them, and we were we were clear. And so that showed my leadership without having the title and to go ahead and take care of the issues. Um, and my staff always the staff always came to me to solve issues of students, male or female. And so that's how that came about. And I was already uh, had a leadership role within the conference office. I already ran the volleyball championship because I, I was the only person doing computerized volleyball stats. Um, I ran the press, uh, the press room for the CIAA. So when they were looking at different cities, they would ask me to go and do a site visit uh, in a selection of what the next city we go to. So I've always been a person that did what, what no one else wanted to do or thought about doing it. And that has always led my leadership. Uh, so, but I did leave St. Paul's College after serving in the role for two years. I went division one. I worked in compliance at University of Maryland Shore and only for two years. And then the commissioner said, come on back home. And he wanted me to be the PR director for the CIAA. And I said, okay, but I can't come back and do the same thing I did as an intern. I just can't sit here and put in stats. And he said, come in and train someone to do what you don't want to do and come and do what you do want to do. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, I became director of championship um, and let's see, director of governance, and then eventually ch uh, chief of staff, overseeing compliance, uh, PR, and championships. And so uh, that was a 13-year tenure. And after 13 years, um, I took my consulting full time. I was always doing Title IX education. 
especially when it came to EADA reports. Uh, I took it from the perspective of um, showing the true picture of what we're doing. So it became an educational piece for the universities to the business office. Because uh, if you have a track coach that's coaching men and women, and you only put the salary on the male side, then you're not showing a true picture when it comes to equity. Uh, you know, when you travel, you don't always put it on uh, men's, uh, I'm talking about uh, zebra sheets, if you will, if you have business office people, where they have the line, the entries. And so from a business standpoint for the university, that's fine. But when you're trying to show an equity, you got to go dig deep in the numbers. I mean, even if you have a double header, you got to do percentages for the report. And if you want the report to be true, you need to have it somewhere like that someplace else other than the report. So that's what I began to do. Uh, because I was a social commissioner, I report to the presidents of the 13 or 12 institutions. And then they would say, can you come and speak to my board? So that began my consulting because one of the presidents said, oh, you know, you need to put your shingle out. If you can educate us, then you should be in the consulting ring. So I, since uh, I've been uh, uh, August, well, yeah, I've been a uh, consultant for nine years full time. I always love to hear the stories, but I want to go back to that first AD job where the president called you. Now, this, uh, I hope this doesn't uh, come across, I think it's a Captain Obvious question, so bear with me. Uh, you had obviously done all of those experiential roles that we had talked about, you know, as an intern and prior to being asked to assume the position of an AD. And this was a few years ago. So uh, I'm guessing our profession, which is still, you know, very much, you know, male dominated, um, back then even more so. So here's my captain obvious question. Um, what advice do you have for women professionals? You know, you always hear the expression, hey, we, we want a seat at the table. You know, and again, totally valid. Yes, they should. How do they, how do they get those opportunities? How do they get offered those positions of leadership? What do they need to do? So there's the captain obvious question. Well, you know, that, that's what I do with my consulting is. My podcast is called A Chat in the Garden, all right? And so I interview African-American women athletic administrators on my podcast. And many of my guests have been on your podcast as well. And so uh, that's uh, one of the things is to get known, okay? Known for something, you know? And so uh, even if it's only known in your small entity, you want to be known as an expert in some area. So even if you're coaching, what, what within your coaching are you known for? Are you known to get your students graduated? Are you known to get your students internships? Are you known, I mean, that, that there is something other than the obvious of W's if you want to go to the next level. And so I have been doing that. Even with the CIAA, I would have a, a retreat for the senior women administrators to prepare them for the role. So that's one thing I am known for, helping women to get the athletic director position. And I can say, uh, I want to say at least 50 women have gotten that seat based on 
some type of programming I created. So my individual executive coaching is for that to prepare them for that seat. So one of the things I can't, um, the day of just doing a good job and having your head down or over, you're just not going to get noticed and say, hey, yeah, we're going to pick her. You've got to be able to be known for and that you're interested in a different from, I, I got it by default. You know, I was getting things done and I wasn't doing it and say, hey, look at me. I was getting it done because it needed to get done. So even if you did that, you know, you got to put me be in a position to say, I have I have capability of doing blank, blank, and blank. And that's one reason why I created the magazine, Significance in Athletics and Sports, because it is to put a place where your where is your specialized knowledge? What is your intellectual property? What is something that you solved at one institution and then you went to another and did it again? What is somebody someone always asks you, how do you do that? So that's what I call my expert marketing because they're not, they don't necessarily think like that. And I think like that because guess what? That's the same as being an SID, promoting a player to all conference. It's just how my brain works. So again, you know, just study what, what is it that you're really good at? Um, how can you position yourself for the opportunity? And that may mean, uh, you know, using your social media and your LinkedIn wisely. It may be building relationships with people who know what, what you're known for. Get on NCA committees. That's key. Or, you know, on a high school level, most of my clients are have been on your show. Most of my um, clients are seeking to be athletic directors. And a couple of them have already been based on the, me being in their ear. And so it really is being able to, to get known for what is your expert knowledge. Right. You're so right. You know, that expression, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. You know, there's important parts to both of those, but you need to get out there and and meet people. So your name comes up in those conversations. Oh, you know, this person does a great job. Or uh, have you ever heard of this person? Oh, yeah. You know, they they really do a great job. Very cool stuff. Uh, you still have to know it, but it's also helpful to know some other people. Uh, our guest today is Monique A.J. Smith, uh, podcast host, publisher, uh, consultant, and a longtime leader in athletics. We're going to take another quick break, but we'll be back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thank you to Final Forms, the industry leader in registration, but they're more than that. Final Forms is a team. It's technology. They provide schools with compliance, communication, and risk management solutions. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility. They have reminders for parents about policies and physicals and all the forms that are involved with athletics. Final Forms can also help with team communication and attendance and even certification management for your coaches. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the forms that come across your desk. You know, it's time for you to talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps, find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake and get started with the Final Forms team. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Once again, our guest is Monique 
A.J. Smith, educational leader, podcast host, and publisher. Monique, um, I think it's always interesting to hear about the people that have helped us along the way. None of us get here on our own. Uh, so who are some of the people that have helped you? The expression I always use is, I still hear those voices in my head. So uh, do you have any voices that you hear? Absolutely. Um, you, you spoke about being a woman in the athletic director position. And so I was blessed that my first employee was St. Paul's College and they hired the very first female athletic director for the CIAA and Jeanette A. Lee. So she was my first boss straight out of college and I watched her maneuver in that position. She had already been in an institution for 30 some years as a coach, but, and this is 1990, not fact. So it was still a very new thing, but I watched how she interacted with those who came before. It was nothing for uh, John McClendon to come into the office. Big House Games, you know, the top basketball coaches in the nation to come and visit her. And she would come from behind the desk and sit beside. So just as a Big House Games would come, a local person, male, that had influence would do the same thing. So she was very opening to receive advice even if she knew what she was going to do and how she's going to do it, she was welcoming to the male figures in her life who had maybe sat in that seat and listened, but she still had her mindset of how she was going to do it. She was very cordial. And so uh, that mannerism to me was uh, very helpful for me to see how to get buy-in, you know, because you do want who, who they influence to follow you. And I will say that because I was her mentee, many big house games, um, again, John McClendon, um, Leroy Walker, who was the president of USOC, these were all mentors of hers. And it translated to me, and I was able to get that kind of feeling. Um, and so uh, fast forward, uh, Alfreda Gall who was athletic director at Virginia State University when I was athletic director at St. Paul's College. And I watched how she got buy-in from all the male athletic directors. So she and I were athletic directors, two women within this conference. And then we had Leon Carey, who was the commissioner. And to watch how she got influenced with the commissioner. And this is why I say what I say about being an expert and bringing it back. The reason why she was so impactful, she knew that, that we had to know what else was happening beyond the conference. So she served on an NCA committee and she would bring the information back to the conference and said, this is what we need to do because this is what they're doing. In order for us to get uh, recognition, get positions and posters in play to get the NCA money, these are things we're going to need to do. And so the expertise, what I've just been saying, knowing, being known for something will gain you the respect of your colleagues and uh, your supervisors. And so that's how she 
got that. And she put me on my very first NCA committee and I didn't even know it. I get this package in the mail. And it's your first meeting. It was on a, it was the first division two committee that made other committees. It was called a nominating committee. It was the first time, it was 1993, I believe. Uh, no, 97, when, when we went federated, meaning uh, we, we did our own rules for the division two separately from division one. So we had to have a committee to decide which ones, you know, which committees we want to be comprised of. And so she was key of doing that. And then I have to say, Leon Carey, uh, he gave me the commission for the CRW gave me autonomy to create programs for women and allowed me to go and to serve on different committees and to speak uh, to get my name out there. And I appreciate him for that. Uh, again, I just love to hear those connections that, you know, how this relationship you know, led to another position, et cetera. Very cool. You know, appreciate you sharing that with us. One more time for our listeners. Our guest today is Monique A.J. Smith. She's a longtime athletic director. Now she's a consultant, a podcast host, um, educational athletics leadership. We're going to take another break, but we'll be back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Gipper for their support of the podcast. Go to Gipper.com and find out how athletic directors, coaches, and schools are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device and without needing any design experience. It's so simple, even I can do it. Go to Gipper.com for more information and start creating world-class marketing content for your school. That's Gipper. Com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Monique A.J. Smith. Monique, we were talking during the break that, you know, your involvement, you know, as an NCAA uh, athletic director, sports information director, conference, you know, commissioner, uh, you've also had the opportunity to serve on a number of national boards can you share a little bit about that experience and maybe some of the organizations that you've worked with? Well, I, I was mentioning that my very first one was the NCAA Division II Nominating Committee. Um, and um, interesting enough, after that committee, I was asked to serve on an advisory board, no, a task force, Division II football task force. So that was like one, a very, very odd one for me, but it was very beneficial because that's how championships began because uh, Division II didn't have automatic bids. So they had to come up with a way to be able to compare uh, institutions. And one of them was to use the EADA, which I mentioned that I, I was really concerned about people doing it correctly. So that really went with my fight to say, look, People are making assumptions about you with these reports. Let us take the report seriously and do them correctly. And so I was able to fight for uh, the top eight. Um, we get a, a it's, not, it's not called automatic bid. It was called uh, like a consideration for your conference. And so that's a legacy in itself to be able to fight for certain things. And let's just be clear. Uh, I've served my time at HBCUs. And so to be able to fight for that has been a, a, a fight that I'm quite proud of to be able to say that we are at the table and making impact. 
Uh, and so after that, I served on championships committee, which was division two, which oversaw all championships, football, basketball, football, tennis, golf, all of that, uh, which gave me a, a big overview of how things ran. And then, you know, have you, from a conference standpoint to make sure, look, you know, in order for your kids to be considered, you got to join your coaches association so that you can vote for them. You know, you got to make sure your schedule has a, a certain number of conference or regional rankings to be able to get to get there. So it exposed me to be able to come back to my conference to be able to assist them. Uh, then nominating, which was, I mean, not nominating, membership, which was really interesting because that was a, to review institutions coming into division two. And so again, being a conference office, I said, look, they're holding schools at a certain standard when they're coming into this conference. Therefore, as a conference, we have got to have these standards as well, because guess what? If you're bringing schools in here doing that and you're not doing it, you have a potential to be uninvited to the, to the division two membership. So I was able to rise up. Like for instance, I knew that um, the number of women's sports was going to be increased. So as a conference, we made it mandatory for women's bowling and women's tennis. And I was able to bring that to the president's attention. I said, this is about to happen because I'm on this committee. And so when it happened, no one had to, you know, try to find some teams who we were already set. So as being able to be on, on these type of trending committees and know what the trends are to position uh, uh, your, you know, your members. So the same thing as a consultant, because I stay up on these things, I'm able to assist my clients who are usually athletic directors or individuals who wish to be in the seat. So I can say, look, you need to have a, a thought process in this area, such as what we're doing in Name, Image, and Likeness. I brought in an expert to my membership to be able to say, look, you know, what are your thoughts on this? You know, and you can't have your head in the sands even if you don't agree with it. It's coming, it's here. And so uh, that from an NCA standpoint, I, I was on the board of women leaders in college sports. Back then it was called NACWA. And so it has a portion for high school um, uh, athletic directors as well, junior college, um, NEIA, uh, and so I was on I was on committees in in the in the two thousand five six seven on the board, and so I was really happy about that. And they have grown immensely. Uh, I was on the Black Women Sports Foundation board, and then uh, lastly, uh, one that was most exciting. I met Maya Moore. I met uh, Brittany Griner. Um, this is called the Honda Award, which is. Uh, and, and I represented Division Two, so we did have a Division Two member. But the main piece was on ESPN. You know, we would be able to acknowledge uh, the number one woman. Now, during the year, I have gone to LSU to present the gymnastics player of the year. Um, oh, I went to Virginia Tech to uh, give the softball person the Honda Award. It was beautiful to see all these football fans to congratulate the softball player. So those things, if you see my face, I'm just that just warmed my heart. That is just uh, so cool to be able to be involved with with that. Um, 
you know, lo looking back uh, from, you know, the, the start of getting involved with these boards to now, uh, any other, you know, moments really jump out at you that you would like to share? Well, the Brittany Grounded thing was just very interesting to me because uh, when I tell you this young lady is warm, so we were at the reception. It was, it was Honda is the sponsor. So Honda had a, a uh, I want to say a garage uh, with all the old cars. So when I walk in, uh, this is to be honest, I'm the only person of color there. So she gravitates and comes to me after looking at these cars. And she just starts talking and she says, you know, my dad, my dad and I was working on cars all the time. And, you know, just to hear, I mean, when I see the child's face lit up, you know, and uh, so it was a two-day event. We had a reception. So the next day we have the ESPN taping. And it was the first time, because she was still in college, first time that, that, that uh, makeup was put on her. And she was very, she didn't feel genuine. I said, because I had a background in television, I was able to say to her, it's only to enhance just like even right now, the light is on me, but you can't even really see my necklace. You know what I mean? So knowing when light's on you, if it the dimensions are not there. So you put makeup on so you can see the different dimensions of you. So when I was able to say that, I was trying to explain. I said, um, all TV personality, male and female, put on makeup so that they can be seen. And so I was able to like, calm my nerves about it and just to have that moment with her to let her know that she uh can still be her authentic self and that this is not uh representing anything differently than just to make sure she can be seen and that's one of the things that you want to be you want to be seen for who you are and so i don't i, I can't say that young lady ever will remember but i know at that moment that I was able to plant a seat with her. Uh, both stories uh, are, are so cool. You know, the one about her father and, and yes, uh, yes. again, the mega, very, very cool stuff. Thanks so much for sharing. Uh, once again, for our listeners, our guest today is Monique A.J. Smith. Uh, she's a consultant. We're going to hear more about that after the break, but has a long career in athletic administration. Um, as I said, we're going to take a quick break, but please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thank you to Huddle for their support. With Huddle, we power sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to help their teams play better using video and analytics. Huddle is the complete performance platform. They've got online tools. They've got smart cameras. They've always had analytics, but there's so much more. Huddle is also built for every level of play, club and youth teams, all the way through high schools and colleges. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes and the coaches you're trying to get to recruit them. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to Huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Monique, we were talking about um, 
you know, at that, you reached a point in your career, and I think you mentioned you were kind of guided in that area, but I'm going to guess there might have been a little bit of a desire on your own to kind of go out on your own. Uh, you know, you, you use the expression to hang out your shingle and uh, be a consultant. Obviously, you still have connections with all these organizations, but how was that? Uh, obviously, there's, you know, uh, I think a leap of faith involved uh, mm -hmm. to make that decision. Uh, take us through uh, that decision-making process and maybe the first few years of your uh, consultant uh, work. Well, as I mentioned, I've been a consultant since 2005. And it was one of the presidents of the CIAA that said, you know, you should go ahead and continue to consult institutions in the area of leadership. And I said, yes, ma'am. And so um, before I did that, the NCAA hired me as a consultant on a retainer. And so I worked for them uh, for at least two years. So they sent me out to do leadership workshops. And most of them were on communications, but then I created my own and I created my own pamphlet because many people might have done the communications part, but they wanted a whole day of a staff retreat. So I began doing staff retreats. Now, when I was in the conference office, my other uh, commissioner would allow me to hire someone to do the retreat for the women, for the SWAs. But for the athletic directors, I ended up doing the staff retreat. So I had experience of taking a business book and making it a, a uh, a staff retreat. So I already had, already had worksheets, already had PowerPoints, and I just began to do what was mine to do. Then the NCA said, well, the schools will have to pay you directly because we're taking our money uh, that set us for education and put it in enforcement. And I was fine with that because that meant I could charge more money. And so uh, in between that time, the podcast came about uh, out of nowhere. And um, and so my name became came out there and people was twofold. Many people wanted to learn how to be, become a consultant. And number two, they wanted to, me to do what I did with the women in CIAA, placing them in the athletic director position. So I began to do uh, executive coaching, uh, group coaching, and then I really began doing retreats in 2015. That's really what really grew from there. So I, I purchased a my timeshare with my business money and I would go and be able to have them, you know, at least three or four at one time, you know, to come there. And we would do the same thing I would do when we had the big retreats. But it was really more, I'd be really honest with you. The first thing I really do with all of my clients is mindset work. Because how you deal with no and disappointment has a lot to do with how your advancement happens. And if I can get your mind right, then I can help you advance. I can do some skill sets. So to be honest, I have a couple of athletic director, executive coaching clients that I actually help them be able to deal with their staff. Um, right now, I'm about to use another a book I just came about. It's called uh, Digital Body Language uh, because that's a piece of communication that we traditionally don't think about, but you know, with the Zoom calls and texting and email, there's a lot of miscommunication and the connectivity is gone. So, you know, my staff retreats are very seasonal. So this is the time of year where I'm out and about 
doing those uh, staff retreats. So staff retreats is one. Again, executive coaching, which happens constantly because of Zoom. And then, you know, again, with the podcast, I am sharing individuals. I've had this podcast for eight years. So eight years, how many weeks there are, might be some replays in there, is able to get people named out there. And so again, it becomes earworms. And so when the opening comes about, they'll go like, hey, do you know so-and-so? Or somebody's looking for a position. Do you know the athletic director there? I'm like, well, yeah, but I need to spend some time with you first before, if I don't know you, I can't necessarily present you. So that's where I can say the person's my client. I can't say I've known them for years, but I can say they have a client and this is their thought process. And uh, so that's what I really enjoy. And with, so with the magazine, I'm really excited because the latest magazine, this was the first one. So the fourth one just went live the weekend. And that's where I try to help individuals make a framework of what it is they're known for. Because it's like when you're speaking, you have a framework. So like one of my framework is know your ship, to lead your ship. So why do you make decisions the way you are? And then what's the thing that take you off your path? If you know your triggers, you can avoid driving in that direction, you see? And so no one can really, uh, you know, because it's funny how you get hijacked and you don't know why you make a decision. You're just trying to prove your point or is that something that you really feel very strongly about? So. Sometimes you got to be able to close your, your triggers. And so those are the kind of mindset things. I'm really big on growth mindset versus fixed mindset. I tell my folks all the time, there's a book called Rookie Smarts. And in today's world, people are looking for people who have rookie smarts. You need to be in the business for 20 or 30 years. If you say, this is how we've already done it, you already poisoned. In 2021, you got to have somebody who know how to go with the flow. Because if you don't, you're going to stop it up and you can cause more of a problem than a COVID. So those are the kind of things I do. Wow. Um, I, I didn't realize your podcast has been going that long. And yeah. you're, you're so right about that, that phrase, you know, we've always done it this way, oh, yeah. or we don't do it that way. I, there's nothing more defeating than to share an idea and get that in response. Uh, and I've only really had one person I've ever worked with in my career uh, that was that person. Um, so, <laughs> very, <laughs> no, very good stuff. We're going to do this at the end of the podcast, but um, if one of our listeners and listeners, you should uh, reach out to uh, Monique. If one of our listeners wants to reach out, find out more about the podcast the magazine, uh, your consulting. What's the best way that they can get a hold of you? LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. That's where I really I every I go there first. So just find me Monique AJ Smith and just drop me a DM and we can have a, all kinds of conversation there. Okay. And I think that's how you and I connected uh, initially as yeah. well. You know, we see each other on other platforms, but uh, you're absolutely right. LinkedIn is great. Our guest is Monique AJ Smith. As you heard, she's on LinkedIn. She's a consultant. She's a leader in uh, athletics, a longtime athletic director. Um, 
We're going to hear some more wisdom from her, but we're going to take another quick break. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thank you to SnapRaise. Go to snapraise.com and find out how their fundraising platform can raise your program thousands of dollars. Better fundraising makes better programs. And SnapRaise has no upfront costs. The data is secure. It's so easy to manage. And what's more important, it works. Okay, Choosing the best fundraiser for you and your group is critical. And the SnapRaise fundraising difference can win for you. Go to snapraise.com and see the thousands of dollars that they have raised for teams and schools just like yours. Our coaches use snapraise.com, and it was fantastic. Change your fundraising game plan and start a fundraiser that works for you. Go to snapraise.com for more information. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Monique A.J. Smith. Uh, she's a consultant. She's a podcast host, a longtime athletic director. Monique, one of the questions we've been asking our ADs almost since the very beginning, we've done over 300 of these interviews, um, has to do with the idea of social awareness. So my question is, how can athletic directors or leaders do a better job of being socially aware for their community? Uh, do you have any advice for us? Well, I, I, I really welcome this conversation, Jake, because uh, one of my uh, key signature workshops I've been doing for staff retreats since last year is called Our Playing Field is Expanding. So as an athletic director, it's really important to provide resources to your coaches and to be able to say, yes, we need to be really aware. And one of those pieces underneath, uh, I created a uh, piece in there called, um, uh, do you remember the newlywed game? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I call it newly committed game. So when you did the newlywed game, it was uh, you you find out, let's just say, uh, is it rice or mashed potatoes, right? And so, you know, what is your preference? What is your mate's preference? And then you ask one mate and then you come together and then they lift up the, the, the uh, panel to see if they match. Well, I do the same thing with coaches. Because in order to be socially aware as a coach now, and as even as an athletic director, you got to know what is important to your staff and what is important to the student athletes. Because if a person knows that you care about them more than the W's you're gonna to give to them, the more that they will be able to, I can't say loyal, it's not necessarily the key, but be able to withstand um, any type of uh, weather of any kind of discourse, okay? So one of those things that I did with the coaches was to and administrators, you know, are you aware if your student has participated in any social justice activity over the summer? If you don't know that, that's the problem. You know, did you, did you open it up for them to tell you that they did? Because I'm telling you, most of the student athletes will say, I can't talk to my coach. So you got to put a position, something in there for allow that to happen. Another question will also go down the line of mental health. 
Now, there are, in my first magazine, I had two different individuals to speak. One was the president of social workers in sports, which is different from a sports psychologist. Because a sociologist is going to know about the agencies, about how the environment affects the athlete, which again, social justice, you know, what if the whole family had COVID and your athlete had to take care of the younger children, which I do know of a case that happened. You follow me? And so how can they necessarily be concerned about all that you're concerned about preseason and they trying to figure out how to come to school and how to provide for? So again, knowing where you are going to get your recruits from, from their environment, how they, which is different from just the handwork, it's about the environment, which is a resource, which is important. And thirdly, name, image, and likeness. You know, when we first talked about it, it was like, no, no, we're not touching it. You know, we don't, we don't want to lose any disability. You can't, you got to go on offense. You got to train your coaches and your student athletes about the branding of and how to know uh, what's a good deal and what's a bad deal on their own, how to select the people on their team. You know, it's nothing but a plus because it's all education. If we are in education, this is part of education. And then, you know, from a defense, you know, know what taxes mean. I mean, just think about the fact that these student athletes will learn something that many of us grown folks don't even know. You don't even, you probably don't even know What's the percentage of your gross that goes with taxes? Somebody has to tell you that. And it's obviously somebody you trust. So we got to pick, help them pick the people on their team. So when I say, uh, I'll, I'll, my, 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 my uh, signature workshop is our playing field is expanding. I don't say changing because when I say changing, everybody gets on defense. But if I say exploring, oh, you get excited. Like, okay what's out there and that's how we have to look at the social change well i really like that term that you used in there you're talking about the nil but you know helping the the students choose their team you know that, that it's so important at any level um you know the the team they're going to be on in high school you know their social circle you know etc because that team is going to influence them in ways, you know, beyond the coach, beyond the parent. Very, very cool stuff. Monique, this has just been such a pleasure to uh, spend some time with you this afternoon, but we're not done yet. Uh, We always wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. You've certainly shown you're an experienced AD and you know your way around the world of athletics. But when we come back from our break, I'm going to ask you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. So let's take a break. We're going to hear from athletic surveys by Lifetrack who sponsor this segment. And then when we come back, we're going to find out what Monique AJ Smith is going to put into her athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to thank Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the Toolbox segment of the podcast. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way 
for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic Surveys also helps you connect with the 95% of the parents and the student-athletes who really love your program. And it helps uh, give them an opportunity to say uh, and provide the value that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started at your school. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Go to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them show you how to take your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back, everyone. We've been visiting today with Monique A.J. Smith, longtime athletic director at the college level, uh, national committee member, uh, podcast host, uh, consultant. Uh, Monique, there's no question that you know your way around the world of athletics. But right now, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go into Monique's athletic director toolbox? Well, first, the first thing is going to be a growth mindset. Um, that's going to be really important because um, having a growth mindset will allow you to see a wall as a door of opportunity instead of an obstacle. And I don't necessarily mean be Pollyanna, but you've got to stay open, you know, and so that being said, you know, having the right people around you may not be always um, at your own, you might not have opportunity to decide who's around you. So you're gonna have to learn how to do emotional intelligence and be able to, to, to read people, and not put people in a box, but understand how to set your own boundaries and to be able to do your job and be able to say, okay, well, I may not be the person to accommodate that because honestly, coaches are going to always push for what they want. That's that's the whole point. And you understand it's, it's not personal. And so it may be that you need to have a, a layer, have a, a second lieutenant to deal with all of that. Uh, and then only to bring to you the thing that you can push for. But the most important thing, when you set boundaries, you need to educate others of the boundaries so that you can, can uh, educate and manage the expectations of others. Um, so that's key. I have many, many women who, who have a fear of can't have a family or won't be able to take their children to, 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 to work or, I mean, to, to school. And I said, well, either two things, either you hire somebody to take your child to school, or you educate everyone at three o'clock, I will not be here or get my child. See, it's all about a mindset. You see things as opportunities versus a block, a block, a block. How can you work around this? And then you educate to influence the actions of others. And thirdly, give yourself grace. You know, give yourself grace. And we don't do that enough. Give yourself grace and give others grace, meaning give people the benefit of the doubt, you know? And when you do that, 
it stops you from having a negative thought process. Uh, because let me be honest with you. If you stay in bitter, you'll never get better. And I've heard many, many, many of my, my again, my, my consultant uh, clients, you know, they're still talking about what was done to them instead of what was done for them. And I can't help them because they're still stuck in the mud of bitter. And I, that's, that's why the first thing I do is, is, is the mindset work before we get the skill set. And that's just the key. And I'll be on the fourth thing, get my book. All right, get my book. And you can get it from publicfiguremass.com because that's what I do. I mean, you as an athletic director are a public figure. And I just take the mask off and give you the real deal of it. Because to be honest, I'm 54 now. At 28, I was athletic director. And I did not, I got one more thing. I did not know about politics. And many people see politics as a bad word, and it's not. Politics is a game. So if you ever pay spades, oh, you yeah. feel as yeah, right, you feel as if you got a great hand if you got some spades in your hand. But if you don't have any spades, guess what? You can still win. You have got to spend your time to understand that you can let everybody else battle it out. And then you get that queen of hearts because that's a face card. Spend your time gaining face cards to win your issues. Because it may not be you that needs to be the person to fight that fight. But spend your time learning what's important to other individuals above and beside and below so that you can be able to sometimes play off, sometimes let, you know, let, let it back, count your cards, because that's how you win an issue, having relationships with individuals to win the issues. Very, very cool stuff. Uh, just consistent with everything you shared with us in the last, uh, a few minutes. Monique, uh, thanks so much for being on the podcast one more time. If one of our listeners wants to reach out, pick your brain, find out a little bit more about the podcast and your consulting work, how do they get a hold of you? LinkedIn, Monique A.J. Smith. Okay. Monique A.J. Smith, thanks so much for being on the podcast and all the best moving forward. Thank you so much, Jake. For our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of each interview get uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.